And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today as we look at the book of Ezekiel, chapter 44, with a message titled, Temple Ministry. So we hope that you can stay tuned. And those of you that follow us on social media, would love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can follow along with us. Hey, but before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to dive back into Ezekiel again, study your word. Uh, we pray that you'll open up its meaning to us, Lord, so that we may grow in our knowledge of you and our relationship with you and have great hope for the future as you describe it. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 44, with a message titled Temple Ministry. And of course, before we continue, I want to welcome my co-host of the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it is great to be back together. It is, brother. Always good to be back uh, studying the Bible with you. And we thank you for all of you who have tuned in to The Truth Will Set You Free. Uh, we're excited as we continue to go through the study of the book of Ezekiel. Uh, what is it now, Vic? Uh, are we reaching about a year since we began this? Nathan, you are absolutely right. It is almost a year, so it's very exciting going through this book. It's a big book, yeah, 48 chapters. It, it takes a while to go verse by verse, and I, I like the fact that we went verse by verse, except for around, you know, when they're doing the measurements of the Millennial Temple. That's kind of tedious, but uh, to think verse by verse over an entire year, I have grown I think a lot in in the study of it. So I want to thank you, Vic. I know it was your idea to go through Ezekiel. And brother, I think it's been rewarding for me. And hopefully for those who tuned in, feel the same way. Oh, Nathan, it's a, it's a, it's always a blessing because you and I are able to simply flow with the scriptures and the programs. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that the Lord allowed us this wonderful opportunity. But yeah, Nathan, likewise, it's helped me and opened my eyes to to a number of things, because you know how it is. Sometimes we can, we can read through a book and we sort of like, OK, let me just make it through the Bible in a year. But we can miss a lot of details. But by going slow, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse, like you and I are doing, I myself have grown and picked up on a lot of things that otherwise I would have just overlooked. Absolutely. And if you all have stuck around since Ezekiel chapter one or all the other series Vic and I have taught since 2010, Hey, thank you so much. That that's just heartwarming. We're not, we get emails and messages from you all saying that you know you've been growing in this study. It, it uh, we're glad that we could do this. I, I, it's one of the highlights of the week for me is to to do the truth will set you free with you, uh, Vic, and study the God's word. So again, thank you all for coming in on the journey with us. Oh, absolutely. And Nathan, maybe someone is new and maybe they just started out this journey with us for the first time and they are not aware of our resources or our past programs. Will you be able to share with them how they can get a hold of those? Absolutely. Well, uh, Vic and I, again, are evangelists with Lame and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. And we do that in a number of different ways. Most will recognize us from our television program, which is called Christ in Prophecy. Soon there'll also be a radio program in 2024. Uh, we are also uh, through our website, and as the Internet Evangelist, that's my primary outreach. 
and that's ChristInProphecy.org, or you can download the Lamb Lion app. And we got a wealth of information. We're, of course, on many podcast venues. If you're tuning in through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or directly through our RSS feed or website, uh, thank you for that. And uh, we hope to continue to expand on other platforms and get the gospel out. This year, we also got to air on Pray.com, right, Vic? And uh, so uh, our RSS feed continues to feed into Pray.com so that if you're using that app, uh, check out our Christ in Prophecy uh, portion of Pray.com. And you can also get not only our TV show, but also these podcasts as well. Well, and Nathan, and I'm glad you share that. It was a lot of fun being on Pray.com, especially I think I mentioned to you, it's nice sometimes when people that are tuned into the program, we had our picture there and some of them recognize us and they say, hey, aren't you the guys on Pray.com? And I had that happen to me a few times. And it's kind of cool to say, yeah, this is Nathan and I, and this is part of the program that we've been doing for many years. So it was nice, Nathan. Yeah, it was a good test. Uh, it's not uh, cheap to be on Pray.com. And they had two sides. They had the television side and they had the radio side. And we tried both sides. And then after evaluating it for a year, we realized the television side was doing much better. So uh, to put some of the, the money that we were using towards Pray.com that uh, our donors have given us, our prophecy partners, we put it to what will be a new radio program called Christ and Prophecy that will be out next year. And uh, so, but Again, just because we're not live at a certain time of day on Pray.com, if you go under Christ and Prophecy, our RSS feed feeds that, and you can still get our podcast through Pray.com as well. So our Pray radio did not leave us. It's just a, a different format. Exactly, exactly. So again, if you're new or if you're tuning in for the first time, we thank you for being part of the program and hopefully you can grab hold of these amazing resources. So yeah, Nathan, it's been a fun trip through the book of Ezekiel. We left off in chapter 44. We were talking about the laws governing the priest, uh, their duties, their responsibilities, uh, how they were to minister before the Lord. And um, it, it was an exciting passage, and we're going to continue picking it up there. But Nate, I thought maybe in case someone didn't have a Bible, uh, maybe today we could do verses uh, 10 through 20. You could read verses 1, uh, excuse me, 10 um, through uh, uh, 15, and I'll do uh, 16 through 20 in case someone doesn't have a Bible, and we'll do a quick review for them. Okay, okay. You want the review first, or you want the reading first? Let's do the review first, Nathan, and then we'll do the reading in case someone wasn't part of our previous programs as we started talking about this amazing uh, Millennium Temple and not to be confused with the Tribulation Temple. Right, Nate? Absolutely. Well, chapters 1 through 35 in Ezekiel are about the fall of, of Jerusalem, the fall of Israel, and the taking of the captives away into exile. Ezekiel was a young uh, priest, and he was also a prophet. And God sent him back to Jerusalem to tell the people, repent and come to me, knowing that the people had hardened their hearts against him. And that was it. As the Moses many centuries before had told them, if you continually harden your heart against me, I'm going to send you into exile. But you will have a glorious recovery is what the Lord always promised. Sure enough, in 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar, the mighty king of Babylon, came. It besieged Jerusalem for a third time. And took almost all the people out of the land and dragged them all the way back to uh, Babylon, which is in Iraq today. And uh, for 50 to 70 years, the Jewish people were in exile, but 
they came back, and then the, they would be exiled again in 70 AD by the Romans. But the Lord had promised in Isaiah 11 and other chapters that he would regather the Jewish people a second time in unbelief, bring them back to the land, establish them, and give them great victory over their enemies. And that is chapters 36, 37, 38, and 39 which we read about the Gog and Magog War, a war that hasn't even happened yet. It's, it's a future prophecy about Russia, Iran, and Turkey, and many of these other Islamic nations coming against Israel and God defeating them. And then we get into chapters 40 through 48, and that describes when Jesus Christ returns, he's going to set up his kingdom on this earth, and his capital will be in Jerusalem, and he's going to build his millennial temple, uh, not the third temple that will be desecrated by the Antichrist during the tribulation, but a much mightier temple where he builds it and he lives in it and he rules the earth from it. And that's where we're at now. We're at the part where we're learning about the priesthood and the priesthood during the millennial kingdom, this coming kingdom will be Jewish people who got saved during the tribulation and survived to the end. And their children will be a priestly people on this earth and we'll bring the Gentile nations that will form up to see Jesus each year. And uh, they'll get, it'll be a great celebration of the Feast of Tabernacles. And so that's where we're at now. We're at the point where we're learning how the Jewish priests and the priesthood will work in that temple in the future. Nathan, and that is fantastic. And again, we, we, we remind individuals that in the millennium, there will be life. Uh, uh, people are going to live uh, 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 almost like in the time of Genesis in the beginning, long extended lives. There will be a lot of amazing, wonderful things going on in the millennium. But there will also be uh, people that are unsaved. Uh, their, their sin will be present. It will be dealt with quickly, of course. But it will be, for the most part, a, a, a wonderful place uh, to live. And that's why we also have these priests and their duties and offering sacrifices. So that's why we don't want people to get too confused when they read through uh, and think, well, I thought the millennium was supposed to be uh, heaven on earth. It was supposed to be perfect. Well, not quite. After the millennium, we will then enter into that stage of being with the Lord forever. But for this thousand year period, there will be still uh, sin and some falling nature in certain individuals. And that's why the priests had a great responsibility uh, in, in their roles. And that's what we're going to be looking at now in Ezekiel chapter 44, verses uh, 10 through 20. Will you be able to open us up, Nate, there in verses um, chapter 44, verses 10 through 15, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Absolutely. And again, Vic, those were great points that you made. Uh, verse 10, and the Levites who went far from me when Israel went astray, who strayed away from me after their idols, they shall bear their iniquity. They, yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary or as gatekeepers of the house and ministers of the house. They shall slay the burnt offerings and the sacrifices for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister to them. Because they ministered to them before their idols and caused the house of Israel to fall into iniquity, therefore I have raised my hand in an oath against them, says the Lord God, that they shall bear their iniquity. And they shall not come near me to minister to me as priests, nor come near any of my holy things, nor into the most holy place. But they shall bear their shame and their abominations which they have committed. Nevertheless, I will make them keep charge of the temple for all its work and for all that has to be done in it. But the priests, the Levites, the son of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near me to minister to me and they shall stand before me 
to offer me the fat and the blood, says the Lord God. In verse 16, they shall enter my sanctuary and they shall come near my table to minister to me and they shall keep my charge. And it shall be that whenever they enter the gates of the inner court, that they shall put on the linen garments. No wool shall come upon them while they minister within the gates of the inner court or within the house. They shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen trousers and their bodies, and they shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes sweat. When they go out to the outer court, to the outer court, to the, uh, uh, to the people, they shall take off their garments in which they have ministered, leave them in the holy chambers and put on other garments in their holy garments. They shall not sanctify the people. Verse 20, they shall neither shave their heads nor let their hair grow long, but they shall keep their hair well trimmed. Verse 21, no priest shall drink wine when he enters into the inner court. So we'll stop there, Nate. We'll, we'll uh, continue in the next part. But this is pretty cool in terms of uh, uh, when we look at this passage, how they were to dress, how they were to groom themselves, uh, a wonderful, professional, holy atmosphere. Yeah, and, and it's a little confusing because we live in the church age, right? The, the Jewish people are considered set aside, not as a nation, not as a people. Obviously, Jewish people can get saved and do get saved. But what the Lord's saying here is that I made promises to the descendants of Aaron, Moses's brother, and I made to his descendant, who was Zadok, and his children. And the tribe of Levi would always be a priesthood for me. But they failed in the mission. And that's why during Ezekiel's time in the you know 500 species, the Jewish people were exiled. Not the only reason, but they continue to help the people fall into apostasy and worship idols instead of the Lord God. So that was it for them. They shouldn't, they, and the Lord says right here, they're, they're not going to enter my sanctuary. They're not going to, their job's done. They failed. But those saved Jewish people who live in this kingdom, the, all the Jewish people will become a priestly people and they will serve the Lord at the millennial temple. Now we got to remember, as we read earlier, when the measuring angel came and, and gave the dimensions of the temple to Ezekiel, that we're talking about it's 40 miles squared. It's not just a building, it's a city. And that's where these Jewish people dwell, and they will lead the nations to see Jesus Christ, because why? Their sins are forgiving, they're cleansed, they're saved, the Holy Spirit lives in them. It's a sanctification far beyond anything the Old Testament Levites could have had. It's a new dispensation and a new reality for the Jewish people. And in a sense, when you say Vic, it's also the Lord forgiving them for their transgressions, right? Oh, definitely, Nathan. It's like a, a new beginning there. God's grace abounds forever. And that's the wonderful thing that we see here. No matter what we have done, and even up to today, God's grace is still upon those who repent and call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says those that call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, Nathan, I love that about the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's about God's grace. Sometimes people say, well, I don't read or study the Old Testament because that's not for me. That's for uh, like if it was some other category of people not understanding that the New Testament and the Old Testament, they fit like glove in hand. And it's a message of love that extends up until today. Yeah, it'd be like picking up a mystery novel starting in chapter 15 
reading to the end and then stopping before you get to the final chapter. And that's what a lot of churches do. They're, they're so trapped in the New Testament church history that they ignore the Old Testament and they don't read about the future in the New Testament, especially the book of Revelation. And so the church becomes everything to them. And when they read these passages, they're really confused because they're like, well, wait a minute. This has to be about the church. So he, the, this isn't about the Jewish people. This has got to be about the church. Well, <laughs> the church, we know from other passages, will be raptured and resurrected and living in their glorified bodies and serving the Lord as well. But we're not the promised priesthood of, of Jewish people living in their earthly bodies who survived the tribulation and their children who live in the millennial kingdom. So it's a different time. You got to gotta kind of, you know, we get trapped in this thinking that everything that we f are familiar with now has always been and will always be, but that's not the case here. We got a, a different world, a world vastly that will be changed by the tribulation, especially the geography of it. Uh, Jerusalem will be vastly bigger. It'll be lifted high. There'll be actually, the, the Bible talks about the waters will surround it. And we've got this temple that's 40 miles cubed. I mean, that that's massive. It's a massive, massive temple. And so it's gonna. It's beyond. I think anything our our minds can wrap around. At least my mind, Vic, can wrap around the idea of a, a forty mile uh, temple, you know, cubed. But the the Jewish people have been promised to have a future of service to the Lord during this temple. It's a finishing of the promise that the Lord made the Jewish people that they would be intermediaries between the Gentile world and God. And they take you to the ultimate mediator. Jesus Christ himself, who's ruling and reigning in person in Jerusalem. Nathan, and that is fantastic and exciting. And of course, for those of you that maybe just tuned into the program, you tuned into our Two to Set Your Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. We're talking about a wonderful topic found in Ezekiel chapter 44, uh, Temple Ministry. So Nathan, yes, it's uh, not, uh, can you imagine how cool that's going to be? The Lord himself it's going to be their teaching, and we're going to be involved. We're all going to have different duties and responsibilities, the church as well as Israel. So I just think it's I can't wait, Nathan, for that to happen. Well, th think about what it was like in the Old Testament. So you go into this tabernacle, which was just basically a fancy tent, or the temple, which was nice. I mean, it was impressive, but you know, I think our cathedrals today are probably far more impressive. And you were a priest, and once a year you had to go through this really thick curtain and you were worried that you were going to die being in the presence of the Lord. So they tie a rope around your leg if, if anything happened so they could drag your body out. And you would sprinkle blood on the Ark of the Covenant on what was called the mercy seat and make atonement for the sins of the people. And then you would leave. And that's it. And other than reading the Old Testament law and the prophets, that's all you knew about God. Well, today, you know, we don't have to go to a temple in Jerusalem. We become the temple. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We're connected to Jesus through the word of God and through his spirit. And that's great. And as wonderful as that is, it's nothing compared to what's next, right? In the millennial kingdom, Jesus Christ will be there in person. And, and when we go to this millennial temple, you know, we're not going into an empty room with an Ark of the Covenant sitting in the middle. We will go to Jesus Christ himself sitting on his throne and he will jump off his throne and come down and give us a hug and, and just speak to us and share his word and his law with us. And we'll, we'll celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles with them. And yet that is a shadow of what comes after that. And then after the Millennial Kingdom is the eternal state, where we'll be in the new Jerusalem on a new earth. 
and we will see the Father, and we will fellowship with him forever. So it's interesting, Vic, that each step in history, each dispensation, we call it, gets us closer and closer in relationship and in understanding of our Savior, because the relationship becomes more personal with each iteration. Nathan, and that is so, uh, you know, and there are certain things that really never change. One of those things is our relationship with the Lord. We're going to live with the Lord forever. It also reminds me, Nathan, of our conduct, our lifestyle, and why in heaven, according to Revelation 20 and 21, and actually 22, it says that nothing that is unholy will enter there. In the millennium, we have also here uh, the same uh, uh, indication. Our lifestyles are always to be holy before the Lord, especially those of us that serve the Lord in ministry. It's not a, a, a work, but it's a work of the Holy Spirit, not a work of men. And here, these priests, Nate, uh, they were to be that example in their service to God. I just find it interesting, right, Nathan, here where it talks about the way that they were to dress was to rightly represent the Lord. Uh, the garments that they will wear, even down to the details, were not things that will cause them to sweat. Laborers, like as to the work of God is uh, is so hard, but it's actually a work of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I look at these verses, Nathan, and I also look at how some people do ministry today and then jump up and down and they're all sweaty like they're doing so, so hard work for God. <laughs> Yeah, like our brother Don uh, Perkins, right? He's, he's got that, that uh, napkin that he rubs his face because he's so sweating in that suit and praying. We love Don Perkins, but uh, yeah, man, you're right. It, 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 verse 18, if, if, if you're all looking at what he's uh, Vic's referencing, they shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes sweat. And so, I don't know, I, I grew up suit and tie going to church, you know, very conservative. And then I started going to the Calvary chapels and then I couldn't believe it. You know, people shorts and uh, <laughs> we had one pastor and one church in Maryland who refused to wear his sandals. He would take his sandals off and preach in his bare feet. And that was like the other extreme. And right. <laughs> what do we see here? We say, OK, there is some conservativeness, but it's cleanliness. They're, they're comfortable. They're wearing turbans. They're wearing linens, which are light, loose clothes but they're still nice looking. They still show reverence. And I think that's a lesson too, that, you know, we can take one end of it and go to church and be stiff and stuffy and cold and lifeless, or we can do the complete other and, and just throw off any, I mean, we wouldn't, a lot of these people wouldn't dress like this out in public and yet they're dressed like this in church. And that is disrespectful too. We see a nice middle ground here. It's what the Lord wants, respectful, but comfortable. You know, Nathan, and that's exactly what I love about the Bible. The Bible is not judgmental, but it's very practical. And you have to also, um, you know, like me, if I'm going to a church that is very conservative, sometimes I'll ask, hey, how do they dress? Uh, what will be appropriate? Not because I have to, but I also don't want to, in a sense, insult anyone or, uh, you know, uh, uh, put anyone's uh, relationship with God down because either they dress up or dress down. But I think as Christians, we should have wisdom and, and we should honor the things of God. We should not be sloppy Christians, Nate. And that's what I like here. There's a professionalism about ministry. I also enjoy ministers, uh, you, myself, when we're, when we're called to be guest speakers at different churches. I have a habit of bringing a jacket with me. 
and if and if I and if I see that the audience is more uh, uh, conservative, I'll put it on. If I see that the <laughs> audience is a little more casual, then I might leave it. But I, I think that's wisdom here, Nate. Absolutely, and you are. It's true. You're one of the few Calvary Chapel pastors that I know who's prepared for that, who does bring a jacket, and uh, you know it matters. It matters. We don't want to cause people to stumble when we share the gospel. And you're right. If one church dresses up, then we dress up. If if they dress down, well, you still dress a little. I don't. One of the things Don Perkins taught me is that you should always be the best dressed person in the room if you're the speaker. And I've tried to obey that. So if you know. If, people out there in their flannels and shorts or whatever i've got a dress shirt and jeans and a jacket but i don't know i think we're digressing here but what what we're learning here is that again it's it's the inside that matters to the lord but the inside still should be reflected on the outside and that's what we see with the priesthood here why does the lord spend nine chapters going in great detail about what this millennial temple would be like it's because as we just read earlier, the Levites started creating a man-centered, works-based salvation and completely ignored the gospel, the, what the Lord wanted. And that's why when Jesus came and, and talked with the Pharisees and Sadducees, he was so frustrated with them because their own man-made religion was mattered more to them than what God created. So here in the Millennial Temple, we're learning how God wants temple worship to be like. What does what what does he want? You know, people say, "Well, you must wear a tie when you go to church." That crack open Ezekiel forty four here and say, <laughs> "Well, what the priesthood's wearing, I'm pretty sure ties aren't a requirement." <laughs> <laughs> that is so true, Nathan. I just, and that's why I think these passages are so important because tucked in here in the book of Ezekiel, some people might just overlook all these passages from chapters of forty to forty seven. They might think it's not applicable. Some people are like, well, I don't need to bother with this whole temple thing. But again, when you read through the Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, uh, there really are a lot of applicable things here that we can still learn and apply to even today. Right, Nathan? Absolutely. You know, it's it, and it's weird that we can apply. You read a lot of the Bible and think, oh, what happened back then we can apply today. But we're reading about the future. Isn't that right? So. We can apply even what the future will be like to how we live today as well, right? Oh, absolutely. And this is why we love the Bible, because it's applicable for every generation. And uh, of course, on our next segment, we're going to also tackle uh, the importance of, of holiness, especially uh, as, as uh, ministers and people that God has given a call to, because that's something that never changes when it comes to uh, the people of God. And that's something that should never change for you, our listeners that are part of this program, uh, is holy living. If we want to enter into God's kingdom, uh, we must follow his rules and his guidelines. And we are sinners, we're fallen, and uh, we need a savior. And that's why God sent his son Jesus, so that we would, through him, be able to enter in uh, to the amazing place uh, of eternity called heaven that he has in store uh, for all of us. And if you are part of this program right now and uh, you don't have a relationship with God, you come to recognize that maybe your life doesn't resemble that what the word of God calls it to, we want to give you an opportunity uh, to enter into God's kingdom, to have the opportunity to uh, have your sins forgiven and, and your life cleansed if that's your desire. You know, Nathan, we enter into some amazing holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and 
and people focus on gift giving for Christmas. And I say, you know what, one of the greatest gifts that we can give is a free one. And that is uh, the, the John 3.16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. And, and Nathan, would you agree that some of the best things in life are free? Yes. Well, free for us, but Jesus had to give everything up. He had to give his crown up, his throne up. He had to give his, his power up temporarily to be a, a helpless baby, to be raised by humans, and then to be murdered viciously by humans. But the Bible says he gave up his life for that. They didn't take it from him. He gave it up. Then he beat death and returned in a resurrected body that will be nail-scarred for all eternity. And he gave that up so that we could know the Father. We could have that perfect relationship with the Father, that we could be made holy before the Father when our sins are forgiven and the wrath of God no longer abides on us. Brother, I love how Romans 3.23 teaches us, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we get that gift of God of eternal life where? Not through Muhammad or Buddha or works or, or dressing or whatever, but through Christ Jesus alone. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That shows us how much he loves us. That, and then we skip up to Romans 8, 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. We're leaving the law of sin and death, the Old Testament law behind. We're accepting Christ's sacrifice on the cross and accepting that sacrifice. We are saved. We are forgiven and we can walk with the Lord forever and ever. Oh, thank you, Nathan. And that is great news. And listen, those of you that are part of this program, maybe deep down in your heart right now, you trusted in Christ. You recognize that you are a sinner. You recognize that that is you. But you truly have come to that place of opening your heart to God. We will rejoice, Nathan and I, in hearing that you started that relationship with the Lord. You can always call us or get a hold of us at 305-992-9537. You can call us or text us or use us as a WhatsApp number internationally. And we would love to pray with you, send you a Bible and a Bible study guide so that you can grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. He is coming back very, very soon. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And Nathan, that's why we do these programs, right? With that hope. Hope that people get saved, absolutely. Praise the Lord. So we also wanna thank you for being part of this segment of the program. Of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. We hope you guys have a great week and a great holidays and Christmas.